What's up, guys? This is Cody. And this is Tanya. And we're in Lydia's castle, and you're listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch for a roundup, which we uh, haven't actually done in three months. I had an idea to make these a quarterly thing, at least, and we are just barely even making them that right now. <laughs> so this is our, our Q2 roundup. It's three albums that came out in the second quarter of, of this year. We've been wanting to do a roundup for a while, but we had a bunch of interviews fall into our lap recently. And then uh, also a lot of albums have been delayed. So we were trying to like future cast like some roundups and some of those potential albums that we were going to talk about haven't been released yet. Well, we've also been blessed to be able to talk to a lot of these artists where their albums have come out. Um, so, and we've, you know, been able to talk about the album and kind of review it in the post interview notes. Right. And we've gotten to see a lot of shows too, which is pretty awesome lately. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I want to recommend people go back and check out the interviews recently. We've got Kevin Baldus of lit. We talked to Tanya and Cody from Lydia's castle, talked to Mr. Cam Cole. Um, then we had the tour reviews of, of nothing more, uh, sumo psycho teenage wrist, lots of good stuff. Yeah. Yes, indeed. We got some exciting stuff to talk about today. You know, one thing that I will say we haven't really touched base on, for one, we play a lot or we talk about, we do everything. We play the music, we talk about a lot of women rock music. And uh, so today (laughs) we have a lot of more women's rock music to talk about. But I I do want to say, you know, we haven't kind of mentioned anything about the, the main decision that's affecting all women that most women are fighting for right now. Um, and I, I just want to say that as, as a person, I stand behind women's rights um, to choose for yourself. So I, I just wanted to kind of men- mention of that. I know that it's a big topic and probably some people don't want to align themselves all the time, but, or, but I just wanted to make mention of that because we do talk a lot about, um, you know, women in rock bands. We, I, th- I think that it's not just a, a wave. I think that this is the future that these, Women rock bands are, are going to be around for a long time, um, and and I know that they have a lot to say, especially the ones that we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> that they do. So we're going to start off and just kind of go in chronological order. We're going to start off with the Dorothy album that is called Gifts from the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk also about the Nova Twins album, Supernova, their sophomore album. And then we're going to round it off with the Warnings album called Air. Which I feel like kind of is accurate. We'll get into that a little bit later, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, Air. We messed up. Sorry, guys. (laughs) This is the real album. (laughs) One thing that I note that's kind of cool about these three albums that ties them together, in addition to being released within a couple months of each other, is um, each of these bands got started right around the same time mm-hmm. in 2013, 2014. And so for Dorothy, this is their third album. For The Warning, it's their third album. For The Nova Twins, it's their second. So these are all, as Dan sort of alluded to a minute ago, young, up-and-coming, female-fronted or female-entirely bands. And uh, they've all kind of made a lot of waves over the past few years. I didn't realize that all of them have been around for that long. They're putting in the work, obviously. So it's good to know that they're they're getting their breaks now after putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And for all of us, they've been pretty anticipated releases since the Rockville stream from last year. That is true. Yeah, I think most was were all, uh, the Nova Twins were the only ones that weren't on there, right? Right, but they released they released their EP around the same time, kind of. It was 2020, yeah. Yeah, the Nova Twins debut album actually made our top 20 for that year. And uh, I have no doubt that some of these will uh, will show up on this year's list. More than likely. <laughs> I'm just glad we discovered them this year as opposed to like what we did with Sumo Psycho. And, you know, we're a year late, a dollar short. To- <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. You can't. You can't know everything. Well, I try. That's kind of my <laughs> job. No, it's it's a voluntary job. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I was paid to know everything about music, I would know everything. If I was paid to discover music, yep. Silent Theory would have been heard five years ago. Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm already on to a new band this week. You should know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the Dorothy album, Gifts from the Holy Ghost, came out April 22nd. They've released three singles from it, a track called Rest in Peace, Black Sheep, and Beautiful Life. Rest in Peace actually made it all the way to number two on the U.S. mainstream rock charts, which is their highest charting single so far. So kudos to them on that one. Just recently made it to number two, I thought. You probably are right about something. Yeah, she just posted something about it on her Instagram recently. So um, who knows? They could keep pushing for number one. It's a great song. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Because her exact post was, look at Rest in Pieces number two. Next is Black Sheep. I'm like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I think Black Sheep is one of my favorite tracks on there. It's definitely one of the standouts. So I'm rooting for that to, to go places for these guys. I just hear like for one, I got introduced to Dorothy through Rockville. I didn't quite know much about her at all or the band, I should say, um, at all until I saw their performance at Rockville and they blew me away like they were great. Uh, They kind of at the time they had like this real kind of southern bluesy sound. I don't think that this album necessarily had that same sound, but it's she seems to have found her niche and, and is it sounds great. I love this whole album. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, I mean, it's still present, I think, but um, there's like two comparisons you can kind of make. It's it's like like with Hailstorm and how Lizzie kind of leans into the metal aspect of it. She kind of leans into the southern rock country aspect to the spectrum. And also it kind of sounds like if Blackstone Cherry were vocally led by a female, I, f- I feel like that's a good uh, hmm. representation. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I agree. I kind of agree with that. But like, you know, like the Pretty Reckless, for instance, they're the band itself yeah. is just a rock band. Like they just, and right. I think that's kind of the direction that Dorothy is going. I think that yes, their older mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, because you said this is her third album, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if I remember correctly, I did listen to like their. I don't. I can't like name songs off the previous albums, but I don't do remember listening to, and they definitely had like a more Southern rock feel prior to this, this most recent album. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of blues. I think this one really just leans into the, the hard rock part of stuff a lot more. Yeah. And, but I like, I love it. I, I, I kind of like the direction that, that she's going mm-hmm. because the single, the second single, which is, 
black sheep. That's like a, a chant. Like you, you know, almost just you, you just get out there and you just want to like chant it with her. And and I, so like those songs I can imagine are just awesome here in live and, and participating in it live. To kind of play off what you're saying about um, black sheep being an anthem, I made what I feel within itch and maybe just general rock circles, it might be a controversial statement back in our Hailstorm episode when I said that I actually like this album, this Dorothy album better. Yeah. But Black Sheep is one of those tracks where I feel like they take a page out of the Hailstorm book because Lizzie Hill loves to do those like crowd chant and like really feeling the vibe of the people and getting people involved and writing these anthems for like the disenfranchised kind of thing. And right. uh, that's totally what this song is for Dorothy. This is like their version of that. And they have a lot. They, there are some other tracks in here that have similar vibes to that as well. I would say there's actually a lot of comparisons between the two albums. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. And maybe a hint of that pretty reckless album from last year that we love so much. A little bit. A little bit. I yeah. think this is kind of a maybe straight in the middle between those two, I think would be a relatively fair comparison. Yeah, yeah I agree. That's a good comparison. in terms of music and style. Yeah, the the one note that I kind of had is uh, I believe it was "Rest in Peace" and the title track "Gifts from the Holy Ghost" made me want to hear them do like an EP of like Zeppelin covers. Mm. That would be <laughs> awesome, or just even one Zeppelin cover, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, she has kind of a, a similar. Uh, heart kind of thing going on where I think her voice would translate into uh, covering some Zeppelin. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, I will say the one thing I do, it, it's, it's so hard. Cause like, I, I hate comparing like, you know, women, female fronted bands with other female fronted bands, but it's just, it's, it's so hard to try to compare them to somebody else other than those bands. Cause they just, you know, obviously hailstorm and, well, now they're pretty reckless is so established that, you know, they've, they've right. made a name for themselves. It's just, I don't know, it's easy to compare them to them because they're some of the biggest at that form of the genre, I guess, or the subsection of the genre. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's hard. You don't want to say they're derivative, but there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. But I mean, you could also say that like Dorothy, in my opinion, I think is kind of going a little bit towards the pop metal side of it. Like I think a lot, you know, a lot of their newer stuff, to me could be compared to even some of the shine down rock, you know? Uh, yeah. It's just got that, that heavy rock. That's really catchy. Um, has a lot of meaning behind it. A lot of good riffs. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. it, you know, almost like what stadium rock is. It, it, like I yeah. Hate, I, would, I hate yeah. sub genres, but I do feel like this, this album is more. Yeah. Stadium rock is is good. i think that's a good descriptor though yeah it is it is yes it's big and it's accessible it's the kind of stuff that would play well to giant crowds yeah mm-hmm. so like shine down <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and like and like rockville yeah shine down is the literal definition of radio rock yeah. and that's yeah. fine like they're just they're made to be accessible to the people it's really funny we we're playing them for flavor of the week shine down planet zero and it's like I I hate them because they're so good. Like I I I, like, <laughs> I love Shine Down, but I hate them too at the same time because they're just they're so good at being a rock, just a general rock band. But like I love them at the same time because you know they're great songs. They're just good at what they do. It's just, but it's it's just funny to me. I, I was, when we were playing that, I was telling them in the studio, I was like, man, I hate these guys, but I love them. Like, what is ridiculous? I can't explain it. <laughs> 
This has been the It Shits on Shine Down Part Three. It's Part Three. <laughs> but we love them. Like I don't understand. We got a running gag with Shine Down. We, we enjoy them, but every time we talk about them, it comes out negative. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly from seeing them live so many times. This is probably it, it true. Happens. Like it's not even like I feel like it was forced sometimes. Like it was. It yeah. was. It was. But we, still. we didn't have to stay. we chose to stay (laughs) what was not forced though since we didn't see dorothy live yet was that rockville performance that we watched where did you see dorothy live? no but she's coming to town soon with uh dirty honey and i'm really excited i I think it's like october or something like that yeah, so they, I was looking over their upcoming performances and mostly, so they got festivals. Yeah. They're doing Rocklahoma and something called Rock the Rivers. I don't know what these are entirely, but a lot of that stuff going on for the rest of the year. And then Dirty Honey, their support for the California Dream and Tour. And so I have to verify this real quick, but I'm very enter- entertained by it. So humor me for a second while I uh, Google search. Yep, that's that. So. This will be entertaining. Uh, September 4th, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Dorothy performs at a venue that is actually called Black Sheep. Yes. <laughs> okay. Has, any, has anybody ever performed at a venue that they had a song with the same a title, title tra- before? Yeah. That's yeah. such a strange concept. But uh, that'll be fun for them, I'm sure. Yeah. And then Dirty Honey all throughout September. So if you're in the path of that, we recommend checking it out. They need to specifically make a, a Black Sheep Tour t-shirt for that day only. Yes. That for specifically cool. for that, yes. <laughs> that would be really cool. And you are right. They'll be coming. They're going to be in St. Louis on October 1st. So the itch just might be at that one, and you may get to hear more about them then. And I'm hoping to get a shirt signed. And Dan will have a shirt by Dirty Honey or, or one by Dorothy or both. Or everybody. Would this be a double? Yep. Yeah. Just yeah, everybody. That's right. I mean, my kids expect it at this point, so I, I can't let them down. That's fair. That is fair. You have the expectations. <laughs> we need to release the shortcut about that, by the way. I have oh, to remember that. I haven't done that. Okay. My bad. I haven't done that yet, but the people will hear it soon. So I don't know how much else we had here on that album. I, I do want to hit up like a couple of like recommended tracks. But before we get to that, I wanted to note the origin story of the title track and the album title itself, which is interesting because this was um, Dorothy Martin, the singer. She told this story like a year and a half ago, like way before the album came out, probably before any of the singles were coming out. I don't know for sure, but she did this interview with Loudwire and basically she tells the story of witnessing her guitar tech die from a heroin overdose and then come back to life, which is Hmm. nuts. So she says, I'm gonna tell, you know, her quotes here. She says, I come out and I see him and he's blue and green. And I, I knew he was dead at the moment. I just knew it. She said, I don't know if anyone's had this experience. I'm pretty sure you know a dead body when you see one. I'm just sitting there breathing and holding hands with my sound engineer. And I'm like, whoever's out there, just send him back. Give him another chance. And after a few moments of silence, this voice said to me, OK, we're sending him back now. And I opened my eyes. All the color returned to his skin. He opens his eyes and he was alive. And I couldn't believe it. So I guess the she's I guess the gift from the Holy Ghost is is the the guitar tech being alive. So that's kind of a fascinating and probably horrifying thing to witness. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, has is not uh, having some substance abuse issues right. at this point anymore. Hopefully, that was. I mean, you can't get much more a wake of up a, call. Yeah. A wake up <laughs> call than that, like a literal wake up call. 
So good yeah. thing someone's looking out for them. Sounds like it. So pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm actually going to note that is my like it's approved track is gifts from the Holy Ghost. I think that is a good one. Yes. Yeah. What are you guys thinking? Um, let's see. I mean, the whole album is great. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of I kind of like the second half of the album a lot. I really enjoyed kind of the ballad track, track six, Close to Me Always. Mm. That's a good one. She's got a voice, and so the ballad is often a whole other way of experiencing how good somebody is as a vocalist. I would have to say mine would be the first track, Beautiful Eye. Nice. Also a good one, yeah. Also a single. Well, and I just love the way, like, I love when albums just start off like I don't know, almost like punching you in the face. <laughs> like I love that's kind of how I felt like with this one. You're just like, damn, that's a good way to start. That was a good song. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So we covered the beginning, the middle, and the end of the album. So yeah, we, we did good job. Good job to us, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on? Yeah, we should. Next up on our list is the album Supernova, the second album from the Nova Twins. The Nova Twins are two women from the UK. Their names are Amy Love and Georgia South, which I think are both great names. Yeah. They're from London. They're very colorful. You see their attire. They have big hair, bright lipstick. Like there's just, there's a lot going on visually there. They, they cover a lot of ground for a two woman band. <laughs> their music videos are awesome because they're always like different characters almost in every video. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Right. They sure are. They're also part of the 333 Records crew, so they got that connection to Fever 333 and to our buddies from the Oxymorons. And uh, actually, the Nova Twins and Oxys, I don't remember how many of the dates they actually shared, but they both did support for Grandson earlier this year on a tour we really wish we could have been able to see. That would have been awesome. Yes, that would have been a great tour. It would have been. As mentioned, their first album, Who Are the Girls, made our top 20 list of 2020. And they're back with Supernova, which I would say is kind of more of the same. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way. I mean, this album's only a half hour long. And <laughs> Who Are the Girls was only a half hour long as well. So it's like, this is still only an hour total of music between the two. So it's not like they're wearing out their welcome or anything. Yeah. They're very interesting because, like, I'm just happy that they exist as a, a pair that is fronting a rock band and, you know, hitting up all the demographics. And uh, I'm just just happy that that they exist. Like I said, yeah, it's very unique. I'd be very interested to see them live because this album is great and it, it it has a lot of good music. But the two women are the front women, and they like so one plays guitar, the other one plays bass, and they have like a, a drummer. But a lot of the sound on this album sounds, you know, just produced, um, which is fine. I get it, but I it just would be curious how that translates live. But no, I, I absolutely love this album. As I. I kind of thought it was a little top heavy personally i could see that there's still a couple of good songs toward the end it's just i don't know maybe if it becomes like a a lot of the same thing towards the end or or what but i just i just feel like the songs are more identifiable in the in the beginning of the album as opposed to the end of the album yeah yeah you're not wrong yeah they do have a couple of people who worked on programming on this album they're very much genre benders like it's a rock group for sure and there's a lot of chaos and energy and and noise going on but as dan mentioned it it definitely you've got electronics and other genre sound effects and whatnot going on throughout the the mixes 
Yeah, right off the bat, it's it, it reminds me a lot of Sumo Psycho. Like we just literally talked kind of about them. Like they have a lot of tempo changes. There's there's some rap. There's some different types of singing. Uh, it, it's just you know there's mm-hmm. melody between the two the two women. Yeah, it's awesome. Like there's there, any kind of sound that you desire, they probably have it at some point on this album. Yeah, the only the only slight, and it's it's not even really a slight, but. They are very heavy-handed on the subject matter of their songs on this album. It is. <laughs> it, if you read about it, it, it talks about it being like politically charged, and I, and I guess it is in a sense. It seemed to, to Casey and me when we listened to it that um, a, a lot of that charge was uh, a sexual charge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let you take it from there because it was. It, it did start to feel a little repetitive after a while. It's. A lot of the songs either talking about wanting to get fucked or killing someone for fucking them over. <laughs> so if that's if that's women's empowerment, then you know that that is one realm of it, I suppose. Um, but they're definitely they they go a lot into it. Well, it's a message. So. It means don't cross them. That's obviously what it means. Basically, yeah. So, a lot of the time, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't mess with these women. They'll fuck you up. That's what it means. That's <laughs> and I have no doubt that they would. They have exactly they have swagger and attitude. And skill like I'm, <laughs> I would not mess well, with them either. <laughs> the, what cracks me up is the video for uh, KMB is uh, at the end of the video. There's a disclaimer. It's like no boyfriends were harmed in the making of this video. <laughs> <laughs> this is good to know. Yeah, the entire video they're just like killing a bunch of people. <laughs> Look, KMB for clarification stands for kill my boyfriend. Yes. And so, <laughs> so they were really just on the nose about it on that one. They just came right yeah. out with it. And so, <laughs> but it's still, a, it's such a fun album. Uh, I know like Cleopatra came out. I think it was one of the first singles, Cleopatra and yeah. Antagonist, which I yep. think might also be part of why you say uh, it's top heavy. Cause I know the first few singles that came from it were all like towards the top of the album and they are some of the best tracks, but they had me hooked pretty quickly. Like they already had me at Who Are the Girls because I just loved this sound, yeah. Uh, with, with Playfair and and Taxi and some songs from that album, where they had like punk rock and like dubstep stuff happening at the same time. It was pretty wild, but uh, yeah, they had me on this one. I, and to also to their credit, I just looked up and found out this album's only been out for a month as of this recording, but it already was number one on the UK rock and metal charts. Uh, and number two, it reached on the UK independent albums. Nice. Yeah, they're yeah. doing all right over there. I think they're another band who's seen their prestige, I guess might be the word. I don't know. Their reputation grow and yeah, their opportunities grow over the past few years. Well, it's, yeah, the work that the work they put in. Yeah. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what we were saying. You know, I mean, we just alluded to one of the, the tours that they were on and, and I keep seeing them on a couple of the big, uh, festival so they're doing what they need to, to try to get their name out there and people just need to hear them that's all it is you know you hear them you're gonna like them they had a feature on uh on the bring me horizon album on uh, survival horror a couple years back which is the bring me the horizons basically more or less yeah. the uk's biggest band right now yeah. for hottest yeah. bands. so yeah that is that is no small feat to be put on their album yeah in that same company yeah, like I heard, so nice job to them. Bring me the horizon is so big in the UK; it's almost comparable to like K-pop, uh, the one, <laughs> the one K-pop band, and and they're they're like yeah. their own level. Yeah, like they yeah. are like the A level yeah. of rock, and everybody else is B level or below. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it seems like. 
and we didn't know anything it. about that. I, I think it's hilarious because, like, you know, we we had um, fans telling us about that band for years, and like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, okay. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a big deal. I think that's one reason why on the podcast, like, you know, when this, when this whole thing started, like, I have become a little bit more open to listening to bands like uh, like Nova Twins because of situations like that, and it's like, you know, maybe I should, I don't know, pull the veil off my eyes and start <laughs> or off my ears, so to speak. And start, yeah, uh, yeah. S- start being a little bit more open to stuff. And I, I, I don't know. It's it's funny. Like, there, I, I find that there's like less stuff that I, I dislike than ever. Like, you know what I mean? That's good. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand your your thought process on that. And it, I, I think doing the podcast and covering as much music as we do, and trying to not so much hit up multiple genres, but at least the wide spectrum of rock kind of adds to that which is good (laughs) yeah yeah and just also just general shout out to the uk for putting out a lot of good rock music lately yes um we need to cover more of it i know we've talked before about like how many people from the uk we interact with like on twitter and stuff like that it's like we have some listeners there and there are a lot of bands from there that that reach out like yeah these they're, they're swarming like that bomb ass architect song called Tear Gas. Oh my god, I have been listening to that for straight like twenty four <laughs> hours. Like, it's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be the year the itch finally covers architects. Yes. Like shout out to Kaz and Emerging Rock Bands. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are we thinking here in terms of like your your itch approved track? from supernova it's really funny i, I have a, a couple but um if i had to guess like everybody's like you know i think the the best singles so to speak like the the, th- the songs that like everybody would like would be antagonist and cleopatra so if you take those two songs out of there you know and and, and maybe we choose one from there because if, if i had to guess like i don't know can you not disagree or agree that antagonist and cleopatra <laughs> are probably the best songs on the album yeah, they no, that probably, that's, yeah. that's a fair assessment. So take those two out. And then I would say that my favorite outside of those two would be Choose Your Fighter. And not, not only is it a great song, but the fucking music video is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that would be probably my other favorite song outside of those two. I love how often you guys watch the music videos because I hardly do. And I like that we're always somebody is always covering the bass within. Yeah. The, like like i'm doing so many other things listening to music that i think oh, that i forget about music videos but all the time you guys are like you guys gotta check out this video i'm like okay <laughs> then i get it <laughs> yeah so now i gotta watch that one because i haven't seen that video you do that's great <laughs> i'm gonna say mine is i i just love the music of this one it's maybe the the most boss beats on this album it's from one of the raunchiest songs though is to allude to what casey and i were talking about earlier it's track six it's called puzzles okay Um, which is it's it's entirely about uh how do we put this you you're here because you're talking to the guy you're here for one thing (laughs) right that's that's pretty much the message of that song um (laughs) But man, is it gnarly, like the beat, the the music behind it, though. So since Antagonist and Cleopatra off the table, I'm going with puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Fire and Ice. 
I really enjoyed that track. Another good one is A Dark Place for Somewhere Beautiful. Yes. If you're interested in seeing the Nova Twins, um, for the most part, you'd better be in Europe. (laughs) 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 They are spending July and August. They'll be in the UK, France, Poland, Austria, Belgium, a bunch of places like that. They're coming to the US for like uh, two weeks or so. Mostly... They're mostly playing around the West, and then there's a few dates. They are coming through Chicago. I'm excited about that. And then a couple in Canada. And then they're heading back to Europe for the rest of the year. Well, they'll be going back to France and the Netherlands and the UK. And maybe some Australia. You can sneak that in. So, <laughs> And then Shiprocked, which we will make note of anytime we find a band that's on it. <laughs> January 2023. That's why you need to hurry up and get your guys' room books so you can meet them. Uh, maybe. <laughs> so they're going to be pretty busy and I'm sure that live show is killer. So the final album that we'll talk about tonight is the full length album by the band, the warning called air. And I said earlier that I thought that name was kind of appropriate because I feel like it was a mistake that they <laughs> released it twice. <laughs> um, because they yeah. released- defend your position. <laughs> <laughs> they released an EP with all of these songs called Mayday. And half of these songs, well, well all of the songs yeah. on Mayday were all yeah. on this album. So basically they released an EP. All the songs are already out there from the EP. And then they're like, oh, hey, we're going to package these songs with about four more and call it a full length album. Yeah, it's about it's about uh, seven or eight more. That's the it's, other funny thing. It's eight. But if you include the there, intro, there's one bonus track even, which is yeah. even funnier. <laughs> So regardless of the technicalities, you know, half of the album was previously released, more or less. I want to give a shout out to our friend Jay and the Hook Rocks, who actually just recently did an interview with The Warning. The Warning is a cool band. They are three sisters from Nuevo León in Mexico, and they they either all still are or maybe some of them just got out of teenagehood. They're very young. (laughs) I don't know exactly their ages right at this current point, but he did an interview with them, and I, I believe somewhere in that they kind of explained the rationale between what happened here. So Dan noted that they signed an album, five album deal with Lava Records uh, to August 2020 and started working on their new album. The best I understand what they decided to do was they started releasing singles about a year ago and then they had a, they did Enter Sandman on the Blacklist album and then they released the Mayday EP in October, which is, as we said, about, about half of this album. And so then here we come to right now. This album, Error, came out on June 24th. Whether it like makes a whole lot of sense or not, I'm not sure. But I think the idea was they started working on it early in the pandemic and basically didn't want to release the whole thing right in the heat of the pandemic, but didn't want to release nothing until you know the storm had passed either. So I think the compromise that they settled on was we'll do an EP and then we'll put that stuff with the, the rest of it. All of these tracks uh, were recorded in the same sessions, but they hmm. just kind of staggered how they put it out. So I don't know, you know, I guess it's to be determined whether that is the optimal way to do it or not. But I think that that at least is their rationale. It seems to me that they were just kind of trying to take advantage of like their their up and coming fans. I don't know, like because I, I personally I, I'm a little pissed. Like I, I bought the EP thinking that that was going to be their songs. And they're like, Hey, no, just kidding. 
Like I'm not, I personally won't be buying this album. I, I could give a crap less about the seven extra songs. There's an intro. I'm not counting that as a song. Yeah. Sorry. What if like an album, a band did that and you could like get the money you paid for the EP put towards the purchase of the album. Yeah, that'd be great. Like if they gave me a discounted price cool. or something like that. Yeah. Ha- get half price on the album since you already have half the songs. Yeah. <laughs> like, then I'd be okay with that, but that's not how any of that works. So. Right. Yeah. Um, it is kind of interesting that a good portion of the new tracks are kind of more on the ballad end of things, mm. which is kind of interesting to me. And I think that was what also was kind of confusing is like, okay, so then why release those particular six? If all of these recorded in the same session, like what made those six different? Like, you know, why it was it just that they were more rocky? And then they're like, I'm interested in that question. Yeah. Why did you, if you're going to split up like that, how do you, how and why did you decide what was going to be on which? Well, and who knows if they had that decision. It was probably Lava Records that decided that, to be honest. Also possible. I don't know the answer to that for sure. I mean, if we've learned anything from our experience of how a certain record company is treating a certain band that we love. <laughs> <laughs> the record companies have the power over they musical releases. releases. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the money. Which is they got the money. Awesome track. That's probably one of my favorite of the new tracks is track five money. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it right now, money would be my choice for the approved track, <laughs> at least the new of the new stuff. Like some of the tracks from the EP were already really good. Yeah, and we've played most of the old EP on our show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I appreciate about this band is that if you like get on like the streaming services, all of their song titles are on this album or from these sessions, even going back to the singles and the EP, everything is in all caps at all times. Yeah. I was just going to bring that up. And they're all, I don't know why <laughs> almost all one word, except Kool-Aid kids. Yes, yeah. Which Kool-Aid kids is another great track. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that one. Yes. These guys have cool artwork. I like to point that out once in a while. And I feel like it's been a, a minute since I did, but both Mayday and error, which are sort of, there's definitely a connection between their art are both really cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you, again, if you look at their videos, they do have quite a few music videos for most of their tracks, but they also have um, like the visualizer lyric videos. And a lot of those are in like the ones and zeros coded stuff. So that's kind of an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the album. Don't get me wrong. I, I think this band is great. I, I love the chemistry that they have between the three sisters, you know, at the youngest playing bass, you know, stick, of course, it reminds me a lot of Chevelle, you know, in, in that sense, like it's just a family that kind of grew up playing music. And I only think that they're going to get better as time goes on because, you know, not only do they, they already have the chemistry of playing together, but now they're going to start understanding the industry and understanding like what fans want and want to hear and, and how to make their songs based around on that. And I think that they're just going to get really good and continue to get better, especially if, if they continue to stay together. I mean, they are sisters, so who knows too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's funny. You kind of pose a question that way. I, I thought it was kind of funny. The track 23 which I get you're you're writing about stuff that you're experiencing and going through. But then if, if they end up having like a 20, 30, 40 year career, then you have to. And if 23 beca- became a hit song, you would have to continuously sing about that for however long. Well, I mean, is, Blink-182 has to do that with What's My Age Again. 
Like they, <laughs> exactly. They, they literally say that they're 23 in that song, I think, several times. Do yeah. they? Yeah, do they, they do. Change, yeah. Do they change their their age like as time goes on, like thirty three, forty three? I don't we know. Need to ask they, somebody they, about should. That. they should. I think you should. The song actually becomes more funny. Like it becomes even funnier when they're that immature, <laughs> being even older. <laughs> or if they or if they sang it and they had Alzheimer's, what's my age again? Like seriously, I don't Aww. know. What... <laughs> Can you tell me, Sonny? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know but you actually bring up something that is a question i ponder all the time about bands is like when you've had a song that you wrote when you were a teenager or 20 something or something and then you have a career where you're like in your 40s or whatever any song even if it isn't directly called 23 like you it has to be weird. well there's there's <laughs> examples of it like if you uh if you go back and listen to or if you ever uh listen to eddie vetter talk about uh alive from 10 and what it meant when he wrote it versus what it means when he hears it today. It's like a completely different song now because right. it's taken on a different life and just evolved. And it's, and it's like sentimental meaning to him over time. So I love that question. That's something I want to ask artists whenever we talk to him, we should do that more often. Add it to our, like uh, rap next time we talk to somebody who's yeah. Next time we ask, talk to somebody who's been around for a while. Let's uh, let's get that question in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time that we, talked about this band was in the welcome to rockville episode which is episode 77 if you want to go back and check that out my recollection of that was i believe they might have had some sound problems Mm, yes i remember their set not sounding particularly great but i also remember like getting the vibe that there was that there was definitely talent there yeah like i would like to hear them again in a different setup besides where they were that day yeah i was intrigued by the the drummer the most because i mean not only can she sing, but she's beating the hell out of the drums at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And so that, that was impressive to me because she's one of the main singers in the band and she's the drummer. And you just don't see that very often. Yeah. That actually surprised me because I, I thought she was like the main singer, but actually, um, and sorry for not knowing there, so all their names, there, but, yeah, there's three of them. Yeah. It's, yeah. Danny Powell and and uh, what are they? Was it what are they called? Ali, Ali, yes. The Villarreal sisters. Yes, yeah. yes. But a, a lot of the the videos that they show, the guitarist is seemingly the main vocalist, and it. I didn't realize that. I thought the I thought the drummer was. No, yeah, Daniela is the one that writes most. Danny, I guess, is what she goes by, but she's the one that writes. Sorry, is the main vocalist, like the lead vocals and the guitarist, but. I don't know. It's kind of split. It depends on what song it is. Cause I know that Paul, Paul does do a lot of the singing too. Yeah. But I don't know. They were, when I remember that's one, I, one thing I do remember seeing them live on the Rockville though, is that they, both the sisters, even while playing drums and guitars still had great harmony together too. Right. Yeah. And then you have the little sister just making sure she's hitting the right notes. gotta start somewhere exactly (laughs) so i should note these guys they are they are touring monsters if you go to their website um from february on until about thanksgiving all this year like they got a couple weeks here and there where they're taking off but they are they are booked up real well um throughout the u.s and canada and so you chances are you should be able to see them somewhere near you within the next well, within the second half of this year. And uh, and they're not, not only are 
they touring, but they are they are support on some pretty hefty tours. So we talked about Hailstorm and the Pretty Reckless earlier. Well, those two are 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 headlining a tour with uh, the warning as the support there that's going on right now, actually, as this is published. Yes. And then at the end of the year, they're going to be uh, doing Canadian tour support for Three Days Grace, which is another wow. very big name to, yeah. to take you out. So their profile is for sure on the rise just by virtue of connection to those big bands. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And they open for the Foo Fighters in March in Mexico City, which is pretty cool um, just for being near their hometown. And then also, unfortunately, ended up being, you know, one on of the last last dates of tour. Yeah, for the last dates of tour. Yeah. But so that had to be a really memorable experience for especially in retrospect for a number of reasons. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it's approved tracks here. Like I said, I'm, I'm going with money. <laughs> Sorry if I took that from anybody. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I like the title track error. I I don't know. I I still tended to like the tracks from the EP, so yeah. I, w- I would stick with Evolve. All right. For going s- something off of the the first EP, I probably would also throw in Choke. Yes. Yeah, that was a single off of the EP, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so three up-and-coming bands bringing a lot of female energy and a lot of great sounds. We're excited that for the chance to see some of them later this year. And I'm sure that we will see many, many more albums and hear these bands a lot in the upcoming years. So check these albums out. Let us know what you think about them. And uh, also, by the time this comes out, Dan will be getting ready to head out of town on vacation. So, you know, like, wish him well or something. Peace! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully it won't take us as long to do another roundup, but um, we have a bunch of potential interviews on the horizon, so be on the lookout for some big stuff coming up. And hey, check this out. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I was just saying, we love talking to people. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited about some of these that we've been we've been uh, discussing. And and big news, you mentioned that, that band uh, that we love earlier on. Uh, the Retaliators is actually finally coming out. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> they announced the date. I saw that. It's great. September 14th in theaters. Yep. Uh, the Retaliators. We will probably honestly have an episode about it because it's come up in so many different conversations. <laughs> After <laughs> literally like two and a half years. Two yeah. years, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, we're going to have to like go see it <laughs> opening. I think we're going to have to see shit. The Retaliators. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so pretty pretty much unrelated to this episode, but that's news that you people need to hear. So. <laughs> you can check out our conversations with All Good Things, Eva Under Fire, From Ashes to New. Yes. Yep. It came up in all of those those conversations. So Yeah. And we know that it also has Jacoby Shaddix in it, I believe, and all kinds of yep. other yeah. stuff. Papa Roach episode number ninety nine. Yes. There's all kinds of connections here. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, fuck SCOTUS. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H. R-O-C-K-S. Dan is frozen. I'm going to assume he's just thinking about it.
I can't see him. I can't see him anymore. What? Oh, there he is. <laughs> there you go. You you were you, literally you frozen froze, like this. You froze in pondering. And so we're like, <laughs> Dan's, we're like Dan's deciding how he feels about this. <laughs> I mean, we know that we're going to hear a lot more from the Nova Twins. They signed a five-year rec- or five-album deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The Warning uh, signed the five. Oh, I'm sorry. We know we're going to yeah. hear a lot from the Warning because they put they signed a five-year deal. Ah, they signed. God damn it! Fuck it. Never mind. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> not, worth, not worth it unless unless they're gonna do an ep and then an album and then an ep and then an album with yeah. the ep inside of the album it's like it's like nesting dolls that's how you get out of the the deal so quickly you know <laughs> <laughs> just release the ep it's, like, it's, what, it's two right it's it's, like, it's two yeah, it's, come on it's four songs like yeah we just, it's an album and a remix <laughs> album and an acoustic album yeah and then a greatest hits <laughs> reimagined reimagined album, re-imagined album. <laughs> And then we're out of this contract. Peace, bitches. We're done. (laughs) They Jonathan Davis did. Yes.